Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So, if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So, my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So, that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Yo, what is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is scriptwriter Stephen. Welcome to my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Well, today is November 22nd, 2022, and guess what? It is currently 11.22 p.m. I didn't plan it like that. It just happened to be. <laughs> well, I guess you're probably wondering what the hell have I been up to because I have not been podcasting as of late. My deepest apologies. It seems as though um, as my life is getting back to normal with my wedding company getting very, very busy and, uh, you know, running a wedding company, I'll just be very honest with you. I'm a one-man show for the most part. Well, I can't do it without the people who I contract out. You know, all the great people like my ministers, you know, my, my, uh, my florists, my wedding singers, I mean, everyone out, everyone out there, my caterers, makeup artists, everyone there, they all help Dream Weddings Hawaii function as a whole. Uh, but, um, you know, I do handle the photography and video myself. Um, and uh, it's because, number one, that's where you make a lot of the money. And number two, I can't find, uh, you know, people who can actually deliver the quality that I can. Not to toot my own horn, but I am a pretty damn good photographer and a really good videographer. I'm so good. All right. I'm, I, it sounds like I'm kind of big headed here. Right. But I'm so good that I shoot photography and video together at the same time. I think I'm probably one of the few, you know, photographers and videographers who do both at the same time. And uh, you know, people always ask me, how the hell do I do that? Well, I come from a cinematography background, a, a video background. Uh, you know, I used to uh, I produced three TV shows in my life over in Japan. I was an independent television producer, had three uh, production deals with Sky Perfect TV, TV over in Japan when I came back from California when I was a screenwriter. And, uh, you know, I put on my producer hat and I produced these three shows. Was it three or four? I think it was three shows. It's been so long. I've been, you know, forgive my Joe Biden moment, right? And so shooting videos, you know, kind of second nature to me. And photography is even easier because you don't have to have, you don't have to hold the shot for, you know, you know, 30 minutes at a time. Like a lot of times when you, when you, uh, you know, do reality shows, uh, my, my three TV shows, by the way, are reality TV shows. So it was all shot on handheld cameras. So we're talking about holding these cameras for a long time. And, uh, you know, when you do it for, on weddings, you know, you just put on a tripod, hit record, no one's going to run away. <laughs> you know, if, if the bride and group, if, if, when my cameras are on the bride and groom, if, if the bride or groom or both of them exit the shot, you know there's something wrong and you probably don't want to shoot that, right? Luckily, knock on wood, that hasn't happened yet. And uh, But while I have these three cameras or three, four cameras on tripods, then I just go around with my regular you know, snapshot camera, my, my photography camera, and I shoot basically almost the same angles. And make sure the lighting and exposure is great. Make sure I'm telling the picture. I'm sorry, not telling the picture. Telling the story correctly with pictures. And that's what really, really counts. And in the end, they're all the same photography and video. The the philosophies of storytelling are basically the same as in screenwriting and, you know, and all those in novel writing. 
it's all the same. And, and even when it comes to visualization, like, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's all the same. The, the weddings are shot like movies. There's over-the-camera shots, there's establishing shots, there's like, you know, there, there's, there's close-ups, there's dolly-ins, dolly-outs, pull-outs, you know, you know pan, pan twos. All the same, same techniques you find in movies, are, I apply to weddings. And that's why my, my, my uh, videos, they have a very cinematic effect, even though I don't do a lot of cinema cinematography like how these other wedding companies do i do tell the complete story the turning point that's what i call it the turning point of their entire life and what i delivered to my wedding couples is really cool because it's it you know they've waited their entire life for this exact moment this ceremony right and that this ceremony after this ceremony you know, they, they are aware that everything in their life will change. And uh, this is a natural turning point uh, that is happening in their life. A new chapter is opening. They're going from Act 1 to Act 2. And this is the turning point, the exact turning point. So why not shoot this entire turning point in its entirety with three to four camera coverage? That's my entire argument. These other wedding video companies, they don't shoot that entire ceremony. They'll shoot maybe... 10 seconds here, five seconds here, 30 seconds here. And they'll do a montage to a music video of like, of like everyone's getting ready and hair and makeup getting ready and all these other things. And then after that, they'll do pickup shots and it's not the real shots. It's all made up, right? And, uh, you know, when they edit it all together, it's somewhat entertaining. You get a entertaining montage, but then you ask them, why don't you, why don't you show the entire ceremony, right? Show, do, do really good cut twos when, when the, the groom stutters on their, on their, uh, their, their vows, why don't you cut to reaction of the bride? They don't do that kind of stuff. What they'll do is they'll use the voice of the groom and then they'll cut to cer certain scenes of scenes of him getting ready. And then they'll use the voice of the bride dur during the ceremony, then cut to scenes of her getting ready. And then they'll cut to the reception and then they'll cut back to the ceremony. And they're, they're thinking they're, they're being so, you know, dynamic with their storytelling when the truth is that's not storytelling. And that's not capturing this so important turning point in their life. You know, just show the turning point from beginning to end. Show the inner conflict. You know, the inner conflict, you know, you know, uh, going straight to, uh, I guess, head to head with the external conflict. The external conflict being the vows, the internal conflict being that this couple knows that after, after this ceremony is over, everything is going to change. Everything, our last name, our life, you know, the way, the way with the, their credit reports, every, everything will change. And, uh, and, and that's what you should capture on video, that moment, that moment. And, and uh, it, it just bugs me that these other wedding companies don't do that. Anyway, I went off on a tangent. I'm so sorry, but that's what I do sometimes, right? And I haven't talked to you guys in about over a month. Yeah, you know, it, it's uh, I, I've been going through, well, I haven't been going through, but my, I, why don't we just say this? Because I don't want to disclose a lot of things, but my family has been going through some complicated health problems. And uh, I just wanted to make sure, you know, my attention has been totally with my, with my family. And the good news is that these complicated health problems, um, they're just complicated. They're not devastatingly bad. So, uh, and it could have been more, a lot worse, but it's not. And there's light at the end of the tunnel, and we are very, very positive about everything and the outcome. I don't want to disclose much more, of course, unless I have my father's permission, then I can maybe disclose more. But right now, we'll just keep it. We'll just, we'll just say that. And, but everything is looking good. Everything's positive. And I'm very, very happy about it. And uh, so I can kind of maybe start podcasting more. 
Uh, but I had that. Also, I think I got, I came down with COVID again. I think so. Went to a barbecue and, uh, you know, uh, I was over there with my cousin, and my, my cousin and his wife. And, uh, and then we also had uh, this other guy who worked at the film festival. He, he was there and, uh, he had a little, little cough. He had a little cough. And then next thing I know, I'm coughing. And, and then get this. I have a wedding the next day. All right, so I go home from this barbecue, and I'm I'm really not feeling good. I'm feeling I'm like <coughs> I'm, I'm like coughing left and right, and I said, "Oh my God, this is this is not working." And uh, the the a couple of weeks before, I remember my friend had dropped off ivermectin, and I and I kind of said, "You know, I don't need the ivermectin," but he said, "You know, Steve, just take the ivermectin." And so I I took the I took the ivermectin with me. And uh, here I am at about 1 a.m. in the morning, and I have, a, I have the chills, right? I have the chills. I am coughing. I don't feel good. And I have two weddings the next day, two weddings. So I said, you know what? I'm going you know, I'm I'm to try to take some quercetin. The quercetin didn't work. I tried taking vitamin D, vitamin C, and an orange. That didn't work. I, just, I, I, had, I swear I had a fever. I felt warm, and I felt cold. And uh, I said, you know, I, and I just remembered I had the ivermectin right there on the shelf. And I took one. I took one. As soon as I took it, and uh, I know it's not, not a placebo effect, my cough disappeared within about a couple minutes. And then I said, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, I'm going to go back to sleep. Now I can actually go to sleep. I woke up and I felt pretty tired. And that's when I thought, okay, maybe I may have COVID, right? Um, but I still had these weddings to go to. So I said, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take another ivermectin. I took another ivermectin, and, uh, and, and they say you can take two or three of these at a time. So I, t- I took another one, and then I felt pretty healthy. Like my energy returned to me. So I was able to actually go to my first wedding, and luckily, the only thing I had to do there was coordinate. That's the only thing that thing I had to actually do. We only supplied the minister, and I just had to coordinate the the ministry to make make sure the minister was down there, uh, make sure the bride knew when to walk, and all those other good things. And very 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 easy. Tested negative for COVID, by the way. Uh, and if you're if you're wondering, but I still think I may have had it. I'm I'm really not sure. I, I felt that I, I think I was negative because of the of the ivermectin. And uh, then then the next wedding comes comes around. And uh, I am feeling super tired. Uh, so I, I, I head home and I, I take another ivermectin. And, uh, and I'm still feeling really, really tired. But then, then it starts kicking in, though, this ivermectin. And then, and then I start getting my energy back. And then by the time I start my second wedding, now my mom, I have my mom drive, I call my mom, I say, mom, you got to drive me down to this wedding because I, I am, I am tired. I wanted to take a nap on the way there. Uh, but when I got there to the wedding, the wedding, um, the wedding, uh, I guess venue, uh, I was awake. I did, I did my work. I, I, I did, I did photography and video. I coordinated, coordinated everything. And, uh, the bride and groom had no idea I was sick. And, uh, and then I went back home. And uh, I was healthy. <laughs> so that was it right there for that day. And the next day, I started to develop a small little cough. And I was already out of me- ivermectin. But that cough was nothing compared to, you know, when I, when I came back from Disneyland or when I actually had COVID. So I, and I still tested negative for COVID the whole way through. Now, 
I'm healthy right now. Nose had a little allergy attack earlier, but that's about it. I mean, I, I, I'm doing, did I have COVID? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, but we did, but a lot of us, um, uh, movie guy, Keone, uh, Ron, Ron, um, uh, what is this guy? Eric, the guy who was uh, over there, t- uh, he was uh, the executive security for the Hawaii International Film Festival. Uh, my cousin's wife, Victoria, uh, and, and even Pitmaster Keith came down with something. Everyone came down with something, uh, but nobody tested positive for COVID. So what was this? Was it COVID or was it just the flu or was it just a common cold? Who the hell knows, Right. Who really, really knows? The good thing is that everyone is back to healthy. So that's why I also wasn't actually podcasting. I had that. I had to deal with that. Uh, and all between this, <laughs> we're throwing barbecues as well. So after that, we threw another barbecue. My aunt had come down and, threw, and I made some made, made some prime rib for them. And then uh, so we had more. We had another barbecue for for Eric, and we had to make some. Uh, what did we make? We made it. We made a brisket for him because he never tasted tasted my brisket, and uh, he had some really nice things to say about it. He said it was like the fourth best brisket he's ever tasted in his life. So that was pretty cool. And I guess that's all what has been going on with my life now. During this entire time, right, we had our midterm elections come up, and I have to tell you, people. <laughs> I'm going to sound like a conspiracy theorist, uh, but things just don't seem right. I mean, this red wave that was, that was supposed to happen, apparently it didn't happen. But it did happen in states that counted their ballots correctly. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure why the Democrats, well, I'm kind of sure why. But, the, you know, the Democrats want to make sure that these mail-in ballots get counted after the provisional ballot. It's very, very important for them to do that. And, you know, it makes me, it just makes me very uneasy when, it, when I see a Republican leading and then all of a sudden these mail-in ballots come in from nowhere. Who the hell knows where they're coming in from? And you see that Republican lead get smaller and smaller and smaller. And then right at the right moment, the, the Democrat pulls ahead. Like the day before, you know, the, they, they finished, you know, uh, I guess the day before the cutoff line for all the mail-in ballots to come in or for all the mail-in ballots to be, to be counted, that's when the Democrat pulls ahead. It always happens to be that way. They just keep finding, keep finding, oh, we need 10 here, we need 100 here, we need, you know, 1,000 here. And, you know, it doesn't matter how big the lead is, they're going to find the votes. And that's the reason mail-in ballot votes were, or the absentee ballots were always counted before the provisional votes. And then what's really happening over there in Arizona, got, it was so screwy. I mean, <laughs> how can Carrie Lake lose there to this other other woman who didn't even campaign? She didn't even debate. And when she threw her own little campaign rallies, I think there's only 30 people showing up and Carrie, Carrie Lake had... You know, she had stadiums filled. She had gymnasiums filled. She had so much energy going for her. And you see this other woman, you know, I forgot her name. Was it Carrie Moore or something like that, right? I I forgot her name. I'm not going to go look it up. But she doesn't even participate in the debates. And everyone is saying, what the hell does she stand for? And when she opens her mouth, they're saying, well, we don't want to vote for that. We don't want to vote for that. But what do they have there in Arizona? They don't have voting day. They have voting season. So people can vote really early, earlier on in the month, right? And then they can vote even after. It's just crazy. Like, why can't you vote on that day? 
COVID is over. COVID is over, right? There's no need to vote by mail anymore. Vote in person. Stand in line. And for the people who stood in line, there's some really crazy things that was going on there. Right, and this is not being a conspiracy nut, but I mean, the the attorney general or, or whatever, I forgot who it is. Is it the attorney general, the person who certifies the elections over there in Arizona? He does not want to certify it because there's there's so many forms of like shenanigans going on. Like for example, you, you know the you know in Arizona they don't have pre printed ballots for you. They want to print out the ballots as you come in to vote. All right, fine. Come in and print in the ballots, right? So everything was going to work out great. But guess what? The toner cartridges in about half of these precincts, they were low on toner. Oh, really? Like all of them running that low on toner? Does that happen at your workplace? Half of your, 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 uh, your printers run low on toner all at the same time? Ever? Just when you, you need to print something out, they, half of them run out of, of toner. Okay? That, that does, does that make any sense to you? It seems a little coincidental, right? And then on top of that, on, on the printers that did have enough toner on them, they were given paper that was too short to read. So when they put that paper into the Dominion Reader, they say, oh, you, we can't read this. We don't have enough paper. So you have to go to the next precinct to vote. So then you, you go to the next precinct and they'll say, wait a minute, you can't vote at this precinct because you're registered at the other precinct. I'm sorry, you can't vote. So what does that mean? There's a lot of people who were going to vote on that day who didn't get the opportunity to vote. And that number of people is just the amount of people that, that, that Carrie Lake lost by. Like if she would have gotten those votes, more than likely she would have won. Right? So it doesn't make any sense at all. There's, there's so much corruption here. So much corruption. And then, you know, put, to put the cherry on top of the corruption, so we have now the, the Republicans, <laughs> you know, saying that, wow, you know, DeSantis did such a great job in Florida and he should run for 2024. Like, screw Donald Trump. You know, screw the guy who actually, you know, gave you a great economy. You know, we have William Barr coming out and writing this article over there in the New York Post, <laughs> pointing the finger at Trump, calling him an amateur, you know, leader, you know, an amateur leader who, who had to be reined in by his, by his uh, advisors and, 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 a, and a leader who did not listen to his advisors. Let me tell you this. <laughs> I lead my company. I have people who advise me. My advisors do not tell me what to do. They, they offer advice. Okay? A lot of people who would tell me, Steve, you need to do this. Steve, you need to do that. Steve, you need to do this. Right? Even when I open up my new, my new barbecue company, everyone is an advisor. But I don't need to listen to them. These advisors over there in, in this, in this uh, cocoon over there in D.C., they believe that they are so great. That, that, you know, when they advise someone, you should take their advice. And that Trump doesn't know any better. Trump was by far the best president we've ever had. He accomplished more than he's ever done, ever than any Republican or Democrat has ever done in their full eight years in office. He's done more in four years for America than most people have done in eight years. George Bush, what did he, what the hell did he do for us, right? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Oh, he cut taxes a little. 
He cut taxes a little, but he, and he brought us into a war. That's about it. And he provided leadership. Oh, after September 11th, what did Obama do? Absolutely nothing. Oh, he gave us Solyndra, you know, cash for clunkers. What did he do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. What, what did Biden do? Biden, oh, Biden, he ruined the entire world. You know, so I guess Biden did do a lot, right? But he did promise to do a lot of things, like such as raising gas prices and all those things. And uh, yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty successful at that. Why don't, we just, why don't we just give him that, right? But Donald Trump did so many, everything that he promised, he actually did. And he went through a lot of people out there. He went through a lot of advisors. He fired them. And those guys were so upset that, that he, Trump did not listen. They couldn't rein in Trump. What did they want Trump to do? They wanted Trump to start another war. They wanted him to continue a war over there in Afghanistan. He, they wanted him to go to war with Syria. He, they, wanted, they wanted Donald Trump to, to overthrow the Syrian government. I mean, how dare, and this is the, this is the, the crazy thing about Ameri American generals, right? Or American politicians. You know, they get so upset that Putin is trying to overthrow Ukraine when America goes into Iraq and overthrows Iraq. We go over there to Egypt, overthrow that place. We go over to Libya, we overthrow that place. And we want to go to Syria and overthrow that place and, and, and put in a new leader, right? Oh, you know, why? Like, 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 this is like horrible. We're like worse than Putin. We're worse than Putin. <laughs> it's like, you know... It's really bad. Oh, plus we go over to Syria and then we, we, we bomb uh, a UN worker who's like delivering water to like, you know, people. We, we kill kids over there. No, it was Afghan. It was, I'm sorry, it's Afghanistan. That, that's Biden. And we don't even apologize to those families. Biden doesn't even come out, even address anyone and say, shoot, it's my bad. No, nothing at all. Oh, we go into Afghanistan, pull out and the Taliban takes over, right? Oh, this is, this is military. This is the military running when the adults are in charge. And right now they're saying we're doing a better job. The military generals love the job that they're doing right now. And, 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 and uh, enrollment right into the volunteer military is down at, a, at an all-time low because morale in the military is horrible right now. The military, all they care about is being woke. You have General Milley being stupid. And this is another guy, right? General Milley is advising Biden. Biden's just following him. You know, <laughs> William Barr. And all of these, all of these uh, Republicans, all of these people who work in permanent Washington, they want, they want, they want a leader who doesn't lead. They want a leader who follows, and that's what they think DeSantis is going to be. They're looking at DeSantis and they're saying, "Well, this guy, this guy, we can advise because he doesn't have the ego that Donald Trump has, and Donald Trump has too much of an ego to, for us to control, and that's what it's all about." You know, they kept saying out there, you know, Donald Trump pushed all of these candidates that weren't quality candidates. That's downright BS. They're saying Dr. Oz was a, was a poor-ass quality candidate. Okay, he wasn't perfect, right? But John Fetterman is a quality, quality candidate, and he, and he won. <laughs> Hands down, John Fetterman or Dr. Oz, who is a, who is a, a more quality of a person? Dr. Oz hands down is, okay? So when you hear the Republicans say that, oh, Donald Trump endorsed, you know, a candidate who was not of quality. And we saw here Mitch McConnell say the same thing. Oh, our, 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 our candidates, are, candidates are not of quality. Carrie Lake, not of quality, right? Blake Masters, not of quality. Are you, are you joking? Right? These guys are good people. Extremely good people. 
And the people who they ran against are poor quality. The Democrats are just better liars. And on top of that, and on top of that, they know how to cheat really, really well. And the Democrats, I mean, the Republicans, you know, part of me believes that they just don't want this, this, they don't want, they don't want control of the Senate. They don't want to be, they don't want to lead. Like the, the permanent, permanent Washington, the Republicans are weak. They're really, really weak. They don't, for everything that they say they believe in, they don't believe in. You remember at one time, the Republicans were completely against, you know, climate change, formerly known as global warming. And what did they do? They changed their opinion right away because there was more money inside of, inside of the whole climate change global warming initiative, right? And all of a sudden, now you have Republicans jumping onto the climate change bandwagon because of the money, not because of the science, you know, there's no way any of these politicians believe what they believe in because they're out there, you know, increasing their carbon footprint. They're out there buying homes, oceanfront homes. Obama bought an oceanfront home right here in Hawaii. If he believed in climate change and that, that we were in dire, you know, dire straits because Donald Trump left the Paris Climate Accord, why did he take out a 30-year mortgage to buy beachfront property over there in Waimanalo here on Oahu? Why? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Follow the money. That guy is just all lip service. They're all lip service. Do you think any of the Democrats actually believe in climate change? Look, they're out there buying land at Martha Stewart. Right? They're out there buying lands right there. No, not, not Martha. Martha's Vineyard. Mar Martha's, Martha's Vineyard. Not Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard, right? And that's not very high above sea level. And if climate change were real, then they would be in danger. But does any one of them actually have climate change insurance to protect them? Because like in 30 years, their mortgage is going to be out there. Do they have any, any such thing as climate change insurance? Or why are these banks you know, not getting their properties insured for climate change if in 30 years, you know, Martha's Vineyard is going to be underwater. None of that actually happens. The banks don't even care about climate change. They know it's all a bunch of, bunch of like, you know, you know, BS. And that's how you know it's all a charade. You just have to follow the money. It's so simple. But if you talk like this, right, all of a sudden, the Democrats say, oh, you don't believe in science. Well, answer the damn question. You're Republic, Republicans and Democrats. I've asked them, you know, again, why do the banks, why do the banks keep giving out loans on properties that would be covered in water in about 30 years, according to Al Gore and all of, all of the uh, scientists out there? Why? Why? Just answer the question, why? And they look at me and they say, Steve, stop asking these questions. Just follow the science. It's same thing like COVID. Just follow, follow, follow. Be a good servant. Don't ask questions. Wear your mask. Be stupid. And just accept the narrative that we put forward. That's all they want. That's, and that's all the Democrats do. They never want you to question the, the equation or even question the solution. Just accept that 1 plus 1 equals 10. Don't ask questions. 2 plus 2 equals 64. And if you ask questions like that doesn't make any sense, whoa. <laughs> you are in danger. Anyway, people, it's about, you know, 26 minutes into my podcast right now. And, uh, you know, I think I'm going to call it an, a night. going to watch some HBO Max, uh, maybe watch some uh, Penny, Penny, is it Pennyworth? Pennywise? I, I think it's Pennyworth. Yeah, um, but uh, I'll be talking to you more now that uh, 
my life isn't as busy. So thank you so much for tuning back in. And I will talk to you all soon. Thank you so much. Bye. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQ T.O. Movies. Yeah, the T.O. is not the number two, by the way. It is T.O., like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ2 Movies. Catch you around.